This is On The Hour. Alright, let me just... Uh, just adjust this. Uh, I think we're good to go. And we are back on. Hey, everybody. Hey. Uh, that's Devin. Devin Claire Banfield. She's the uh, newest member of the team. Happy to join you guys. Now, uh, you've probably noticed that we haven't uploaded a story here for the past two weeks. And uh, we have a good reason for that. Uh, we are moving away from the old daily news briefs to weekly documentaries. So, you know, those two weeks uh, were kind of like planning phases for us. Please join me and the Ford family at Ford Fest Scarborough. This Which brings us to today's story. If I can count on your support, please press Robocalls and Robotechs. Now, Devin, when you hear the word Robocall or Robotechs, what immediately comes to your mind? Hi, this is Ron from the Daily News. How are you doing this morning? I'm offering you a subscription. Well, I guess I picture some guy from a company trying to convince me to use a service or to buy a product. More photographs than any other daily in New York, and we have the most reliable delivery in the city. Now, what do you think? Yeah, that's what comes to mind, really. Right, but unlike other countries, you know, in in uh, in Canada, you know, you have an option to opt out. How? Is there some special privacy law? Yeah. Um. Here's how it actually works. So the CRTC, also known as the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission has this thing called a do not call list, a DNCL. It's uh, Canada wide, so if you go on their website or give them a call, you can uh, register for free. And after that, you know, telemarketers basically have 31 days to remove you from their contact list. And after that, uh, if they call you or text you, you know, they're basically breaking the law. You know, and that could lead to a fine of up to fifteen hundred dollars if it's just a regular individual, you know, doing this. You know, all the way to fifteen thousand dollars if it's a corporation uh, that's uh, breaking the law. That back in twenty ten, actually, Bell uh, was actually fined one point three million dollars for violating the DNCL. So all I have to do is apply to this do not call list, and I won't get spam calls anymore. Yes, and no. Uh, legally. Canadian companies in Canada won't be allowed to contact you, you know, once you're on that list. Uh, but that doesn't apply to companies or people outside of Canada. How are you doing today, Justin? Um, I guess I'm doing okay. I just kind of concerned. I, I only heard a little bit of the message, so I called you back. I'd like to know what this is about. Justin, the reason of this call is to inform you that, that you are being listed as a primary suspect in a case being filed by CRA Revenue Canada. Oh, no. You know, that's why people still receive calls from people in countries like India, you know, uh, claiming to be from the uh, Canadian Revenue Agency. Do I owe money or something? Yes, sir. You owe $2,740, which you need to pay. Otherwise, you will get arrested. And people actually believe that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... What these people do is basically spoof their numbers. So, you know, they might be calling you from outside the country. There is a lawsuit that's filing against you from Canada Revenue Agency. And and when you look at the number on your phone, you know, displaying on your phone, it's it's uh, it's Canadian. Now on 613655943. 
You know, when they spoof their numbers, it's close to impossible for lawmakers or for law enforcement officers, rather, to track their exact location. When contacted by, uh, via phone by persons claiming to be police officers and or bank employees or other officials, take reasonable steps to ensure that their claim is truthful. Do not assume that phone numbers appearing on call display screens are accurate. There is readily available technology uh, called call spoofing technology, uh, which is frequently utilized by criminals to provide inaccurate uh, call display information. We encourage persons who believe they may have fallen victim to this scheme uh, to contact their police service uh, and report the event as soon as possible. You know, now robocalls and robotechs have become a million-dollar industry. Hi there. Um, I got a call and like, I'm really like, I don't understand what's happening because in the message, you, you know, the RCMP estimates that in 2013 alone, you know, these telephone scam artists, you know, were able to steal close to 28 million dollars, you know, from Canadians, and then in 2014. Uh, Statistics Canada showed that number, you know, rising to 75. It got so bad that the RCMP had to launch a special investigation to basically find some of these uh, call centers and shut them down. You know, and, and back in 2017 alone, you know, I was a victim of, uh, of, of a telephone scam. I lost close to $900, and which at, as a student at that time is a lot of money. Okay, so I guess the lesson here is sign up for the do not call list and don't pick up any calls from foreign countries and you should be okay. Again, yes and no. Apart from these foreign companies slash scammers, uh, there is an exclusive group here in Canada. This question is for the Prime Minister and you know, that can call or text you basically whenever they want. Yeah. Regardless of you registering on the do not call list. Well, I'll ask him a very they are does the Prime Minister deny that these words... Political parties. Yes or no? Okay, so if this is legal and telemarketing or robocalls or whatever you want to call it has been around for a while now, why are we still talking about it today? Why have you decided to bring this up now? Okay, so telemarketing has been around for quite some time now. Hello? Uh... Miss Johnson? Uh, Ms. Luana Johnson? Who the hell is this? Uh, this is... Uh, you can pinpoint it back to the late 1960s all the way to the early uh, 1970s. Uh, Ma'am, I am calling to give you a very special offer on errant appliance protection. I'm not interested. Now, one of the most famous people to portray this job are... Our uh, stockbrokers. Hello, John. How you doing today? You mailed in my company a postcard a few weeks back requesting information on penny stocks that had huge upside potential with very little downside risk. Does that ring a bell? Okay, great. Well, reason for the call today, John, is something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. If you have 60 seconds, I'd like to share the idea. With but you. when you I talk about there. political robocalls, you know, in Canada. You know, compared to its marketing use, it's actually quite young. The purpose for which these are done is to target your support. And once you've found your support, to be able to ensure that support uh, manifests itself in terms of a vote. Uh, you know, better yet, if you can get them to volunteer or you can get them to make a contribution, that's, uh, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. that that's Dan McTague. He's a former Liberal MP. It's 
probably the most exciting job anybody could have in the country. You're giving of yourself, and uh, all partisanship aside, it's uh, it's the greatest job to serve other people and to uh, accomplish things along the way. So Dan is very uh, well respected uh, in the of world of politics. Several different files, and was very successful in getting a number. Of Do you think robocalls or robotex is an effective tool to get to get the message out to to voters to support uh, a given party? Well, we didn't have Robotex back 20, 30 years ago. My first campaigns were over 30 years ago. But, uh, uh, no, I, you know, we did have robocalls. They're not new, and they were used. Every campaign used them. Um, and it wasn't just federal, municipal. Uh, not uncommon to get a call from, you know, uh, on your voicemail um, or left on your phone. As for text, I think it's fairly new. I, my daughter received one back about a month ago or so, and... Uh, I, uh, I she, she responded, I mean, as she would with anything else. Do they gather information on people? Of course they do, and all parties are doing that by different means. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't on the surface have a problem with robocalls or texts. Uh, you know, this is how one gets their message out and learns about your decision. It's important that on election day, we have a pretty good idea of who's going to be supporting us so that we can then target those to make sure those people actually show up. Now, to answer your question on why I uh, decided to bring this age-old program you know, up right now, well, last week... Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And I'm I was sc- scrolling through my phone, you know, watching YouTube videos. I love, I love the energy in this room right now. I'm going to start the show. You know, and doing a bit of texting. When I received a breaking news notification... Did something big happen? Um, not really. It was just an an article. Get a text from Sarah. Why it's allowed and what you can do to stop it. Okay. My name is Tim Houston, and I'm running to be the leader. So Nova Scotia's uh, conservative leader, you know, came out to apologize uh, to the public after a bunch of robotext and robocalls were basically sent out by the federal conservatives. Why apologize if he didn't send it? Was the message offensive? No, uh, not at all. Uh, Here's what the message said. Hi, it's Sarah from the Conservative Party. Can the Conservative Party count on your support in the next federal election? Reply yes or no. Now, keep in mind when I say this, I'm fairly new to Canada. I've only been here for close to three years now. So when I see this article, wait, what? You know, I'm like, I'm like, what? You know, how do they get their numbers? This is crazy. You know, how is this not an invasion? Wait, is this for real? Of privacy. And I've lived in four countries, and this, this is the first time I'm hearing of such a thing. Are you serious? You know, at this point, I start doing research. Is there a privacy? And at the top of my mind. I have these three questions, you know, uh, how is this legal? How is this not an invasion of privacy? And can this be hacked? Mm, nothing. <sighs> so at this point, I've done all the research I can. I'm still not satisfied with the answers I'm getting. So I decided to make a call. Hi, 
Hi, Anne. How are you? Hi, I'm good. And you? Doing well, thank you. This is Nisa. Yeah. Yes, yes, Nisa. I'm expecting her. Now, Anne Kavukian is Ontario's former privacy commissioner. You know, her and the federal privacy commissioner you know, have been fighting for years now to include political parties under the CRTC's, you know, telemarketing rules. Well, we have a federal uh, privacy act called PEPITA, the Personal Electronic, uh, Electronic Documents Act. And that basically says that you can use information uh, with the consent of the data subject, the individual to whom the personal information relates. But if the person doesn't consent to the uses of the information that you want to put to, you can't just use their information without their consent, which is what the political parties are doing now. So it would have prevented the political parties from engaging in this kind of massive um, you know, invasion of privacy on all the individuals that they contact, right now there's no repercussions because there's no privacy law and that applies to them. And that's why Trudeau didn't want to bring in a law that applies to political parties because he has one and he wants to keep doing this. What kind of privacy threats do you think this causes to people? Is this is this uh, information that's that uh, foreign governments would get a hold of if, if they happen to hack into the programs? Oh, of course. I mean, third parties can hack into the programs. Different, all kinds of different departments within the government can access this information, use it for purposes unauthorized. I mean, it could ultimately lead to identity theft, approximating someone. Anne seems pretty passionate about this. Did she ever introduce such a law in Ontario during her time as privacy commissioner? She would have, but, you know, provincial privacy commissioners don't have jurisdiction over a political party. So, you know, that's many the uh, the federal privacy commissioner's job. But she did, however, design a privacy pact. Last year, in the European Union, they introduced a new law came into effect, the General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR. In that law, it contains my privacy by design framework and privacy as the default which means unless you have someone's consent, you cannot engage in this activity of using information for another purpose that was never intended for. But, you know, at the end of the day... Um, let's say you have, for instance, in my time... You know, politicians uh, like you know, Dan say, you know, this is just modern-day outreach. That gives you a better idea of where your, your vote is at, the strength of your vote. It's a little bit like a poll, only you have a better idea of who the people are that are supporting you. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's that has um, that's very similar to what we would do in, in, in just about any campaign I, I do. Uh, it, it probably does the opposite. It makes you hang up and say, how the hell did they get my number and why are they sending me? But to Anne, it's time. completely invasive no, and, and just plain out wrong. That's not how... People want to be contacted by members of their government or political parties when they become their government. So political parties don't need our permission to call or text us? No, they don't. And how do they get that information? You know, some parties have a database where they store contact information they collected from previous elections or events. Uh, they could have originally got that information through door-to-door knocking and then just stored it in their database for future use. And uh, some of them have some kind of software uh, that generate possible number combinations and basically just call people. And then if you pick up, it shows that, okay, that number does exist. And then they save that number into their database. And then another option is to go through third parties. You know, third parties uh, sometimes sell 
you know, people's information to political parties. Wait, really? Yeah. How? You know, I, I, I couldn't believe it myself, you know, when I, when I found that out. And um, so I, I actually found, a, actually found a, a third party, you know, company that sells information. So... Thank you for calling. I tried Don't testing this out myself. Back. I called this third party website. Very carefully. For sales, press one. You know, that sales political parties uh, information. Solos, can I help you? Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Um, you know, all I had to do was claim week, uh, to be an unaffiliated future political candidate. Uh, and they were ready to so basically give me whatever information I needed. And so is there anything that we have to submit or just say we're... No, nope, as long as you're running, that's fine. Okay. Well, send us an email and then we'll send you the order forms and then uh, that's how we execute. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So right after the call ended, you know, what immediately came to my mind was, oh my goodness, is it really that easy to get someone's information, you know, can we get hacked? Right now, a historic moment. Uh, we can now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Donald you know, Trump. Because we know back in 2016, you know, Russia interfered in the U.S. elections. You know, they hacked into the Democratic National Convention. You swear or affirm under penalty of perjury. You know, in, in a committee hearing last week, Robert Mueller, you know, the special count, the special investigator into the Russia probe. You know, described the hacking as a well-coordinated effort. Our investigation found that the Russian government interfered in our election in sweeping and systematic fashion. In Second, the last September the alone, Facebook was hacked by unidentified hackers. You know, thousands of people's private messages and information, you know, were stolen and auctioned off. Russia is interfering and it is doing so to try and undermine public confidence in you know, and the year before that, British lawmakers said that Russia tried to influence the Brexit referendum. It is seeking to weaponize information, deploying its state-run media organizations to plant fake stories and photoshopped images in an attempt to sow discord in the West. Well, send us an email and then we'll send you the... You know, so I'm sitting there and after this call... Okay, okay. all right, thank you. thank you. Thinking, okay, is this program that vulnerable? By this program, you mean robocalls? Yes. Time to call an Uber. Where are we at? Where are we going? So at this point, I decided to schedule a meeting with a good friend of mine who knows a ton on this topic. Where were you headed to? Mississauga.
John Wanderlynch is a security and privacy expert. And I provide advice to clients uh, who are interested in protecting the privacy and the privacy rights of uh, individuals whose data they may collect in the course of business. Okay, uh, so John, when you look at robotechs and robocalls, are there any security or privacy uh, concerns that that, that, uh, come to your mind? Not with the delivery of them. The infrastructure by which they're collected and used by political parties is is problematic, but it's not illegal. Um, The political parties in Canada, with the exception of provincially in BC, have consistently carved themselves out of any kind of privacy regime. They've basically created laws that allow them to do whatever it is that they want to do with citizen data. And they've, as a result, I think, they've become drunk on data. And now instead of individual campaign workers, you have data sources and databases where this data is sucked up at an industrial sale and then used to shape and tailor campaigns where you and I might get completely different messages from a political party, which seems to me to be a fundamental threat to democracy. And uh, when it comes to the federal level, you know, the use of these uh, tactics, are they consistently, I guess, used rightly or in, 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 a, in an appropriate way? Well, that's a value judgment, right? And that's why there needs to be oversight. Right? It, the, uh, the current government, when pressed on the issue of subjecting the political parties to privacy law, uh, said, well, what we're going to do is insist that each party have a privacy policy. But that begs the question because it's perfectly feasible for a political party to say, our privacy policy is this, we don't care about your privacy, we're going to use your data any way we see fit to get elected. That's a privacy policy. That meets this government's requirement that you have a privacy policy. I don't think it does a lot to protect citizen and voter privacy. And when it comes to vulnerability to, to hacking or to uh, you know, foreign influence into our election based on this, the information that Robotechs collect, is that, is that a legal concern? Is that a, like, um, is that a concern that Canadians should have? Like, okay, the government has all this data on us. Can a foreign government steal that information? Uh, in this context, this is not governments that are collecting the data. These are private organizations that are collecting our data. They're political parties that are collecting our data, right? And political parties are composed substantially of uh, underpaid staff, overworked, and a whole army of volunteers, possibly with antiquated IT infrastructure, and that's where all this data is being poured. Of course there's risks to that data. It's not their fault, but they have more data than their infrastructure uh, can adequately protect. If you think that voter data and all that information and your political opinions is an important thing to be protected. By and large, these are legal activities. So the question isn't, is it legal or not? The question is, is this how we run our democracy? Is this how we want political parties to respect our privacy? Now, I happen to think democracy is a participatory sport. I think it's perfectly reasonable for every election, uh, every political party to contact me at least once to see, do you want to hear from us for this election? But at that point, I say, you know what? I've already made up my mind. I don't want to hear from you again. Goodbye. Right. And uh, just wrap this up. Now the election is coming up. 
there have been fears ever since uh, Russia um, got itself involved into the US, U.S. election. Are you concerned about any Russian interference? I think the hype and the hysteria around that is a disguise for the fact that the real danger is the manipulation of those social media tools. The amount of money alleged to have been spent by foreign actors is dwarfed by the amount of money that's spent by local actors. So if your spend is related to your effect, those foreign actors had minimal effect. The real threat is the manipulation of social media and the use of those tools by people who are just out for themselves or for their organizations and can't be held accountable. They do have, uh, so at the end of the day, here's where we currently stand as a country. You know, Yes, robocalls and harvesting people's information is legal for political parties. Uh, yes, doing this does make us, at least according to John, and Anne, you know, it does make us vulnerable to foreign and domestic misuse of our information. And yes, a lot of Canadians don't support such political tactics. Okay, so now I have tons of questions for you. And okay, I might have some answers. Is there a way to opt out from receiving texts or calls from political parties? Yes, uh, yes, there is. So why not do that and leave the discussion there? Well, I actually asked Anne and John that same question. You can opt out of being punched in the face, right? I'll punch you once and let me know if you want me to punch you again. Is, is opt out the right choice here, right? You, the invasion happens at first instance on these robotechs. There needs to be a more controlled, a better way to, to opt out. You don't put the pressure on the individual to have to take some kind of action not to receive these it should be the opposite privacy should be the default setting have there been times political parties misused robocalls or robotexts several actually uh back in 2014 former conservative staffer michael sona was uh, was convicted for sending voters in guelph ontario misleading information uh during the 2011 federal election uh, sona is believed to have played a role in the uh, recording of a robocall <laughs> Claiming to be from Elections Canada, basically telling Liberal and NDP voters that their polling station uh, was moved. Once again, your new poll location is the old Street You know, that incident came to be known as. Canada's chief electoral officer has investigated the robocall scandal and found our the robocall scandal. And then there's a time a former member of uh, the Conservative Writing Association in Scarborough uh, sent out a robocall to rally supporters of Liberal MP Salma Zahid to basically switch allegiances because Zahid, you know, at that time was uh, critically ill. This was in 2018. Zahid at the time was diagnosed with uh, stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and uh, decided to take a leave, a temporary leave of office. You know, she's since returned to Parliament. I would like to take this opportunity to thank the good people of Scarborough Centre for placing their trust in me. So the pitch Chris Mellor, the Conservative member, made was basically 
a backup plan, you know, for voters in case Zahid uh, decided to resign because of her illness, which would have then led to a by-election. So I know the main argument for political parties is basically like, hey, we're just adapting to the times. This is a new way of reaching out to people. But do voters feel the same way? It's it's hard to say if they do. Uh, no one has conducted an official poll you know, on the topic. And not even elections or statistics Canada. Whoever calls me, I want to vote for. Uh, but most of the people I spoke to, you know, weren't happy, you know, with this so-called way of, of outreach. The NDP actually already called, so I'm not going to vote for them. 100%, yeah. No, I got, like, calls from, like, no. It was just too much, no. And they keep calling, that's the problem. I would just feel violated, uh, you know, of my privacy, you know, wondering where they got my number from. I feel like you don't need to, you know, my support can be take gone elsewhere, not through a text message. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. I don't know, I wouldn't pick up. You know, finding someone who supported this was quite a challenge, actually. You know, but eventually I, I did, you know, find one person. I wouldn't really worry about where they got my number because I think uh, right now in this day and age, it's very easy to find your number um, on the Internet. You know, when you sign up for different websites, etc., your information, like Facebook, for instance. So... I would say that it is an effective way of getting to you to, I guess, as for a vote. That's what they're asking for. Um, I say it's effective. I wouldn't be too worried about it. If anything, I'd say just block the number if it's really bothering you. Hmm. Um, well, thank you, Nisa. Welcome, Devin. Tell them to call or email the Federal Privacy Commissioner of Canada, Dania Tavan, and complain like crazy. At least he'll raise a big stink about it. All right, then. Thank you very much, Okay. Anne. Okay, my pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. But there are limits to what you should be able to do. Okay, then. Uh, thank you very much, Dan. Yeah, no worries, Lisa. There's a wide variety of types of people. Some people, you talk to them once. I mean, for heaven's sakes, it's like the people that phone 911 when there's an Amber Alert, right? Personally, I think, really? There's a missing child and you're disturbed because your phone went off? You know, there's always going to be somebody who's going to complain. All right, thanks, John. Sound is okay? Yeah, sound is good. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, my uh, colleague answered that question with uh, uh, with uh, full detail and uh, a tremendous amount of compassion. Now, I should say, uh, for the sake of being fair, all political parties, apart from the Green Party till date, have in some shape or form violated the CRTC's rules when it comes to political parties' usage of robocalls. For more information on this story, you can go on our website at www.onthehourtoronto.com. Uh, we'll soon be releasing an in-depth piece on this topic. I uh, will also be tracking the upcoming election, which is currently scheduled to take place on October 21st, but might be moved to October 28th because the current date falls on the same day of a sacred Jewish holiday. I'm Nizanondo for On The Hour.